Hi, and welcome to episode 23 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Updegrove. In an amazing coincidence, I'm going to discuss Ron Zacapa 23 here in episode 23. Sometimes things just work out. Um, I've also got some Bitterman's Mole Bitters, and I'll put the Zacapa and the Bitters together in a mixing glass with two other rums that we've featured in previous episodes and make a three-rum old-fashioned, because why not do that? So, Ron Zacapa 23, um, about Zacapa rum. Zacapa is a town in Guatemala where this rum is produced. Uh, production of the rum started in 1976 when the town celebrated its 100th anniversary. The sugarcane used in the rum is grown on the island. Uh, they produce their rums using virgin sugarcane honey, which is uh, the concentrated form of the first press of the cane. It's then fermented with a yeast that's extracted from pineapples and distilled in a column still. Uh, it's then aged up at 7,500 feet uh, above sea level. And if you'll remember Montagna from episode 18, one of the founders of Montagna mentioned being inspired by visiting the Zacapa distillery and noting what elevation can do in the aging process. So in this case, it actually slows the aging process down um, in contrast to the English-style rums that are aged at the Caribbean at sea level where the warmer air and the lower air pressure actually speed aging in the, um, in the barrel. Zacapa 23 particularly, uh, it's bottled at 80 proof or 40% alcohol by volume. The, run, the rum tends to run about $40 to $45 a bottle unless you find it on sale. Uh, it's actually you know, readily available in decent or better liquor stores and liquor barns. The full name on the box is Ron Zacapa Centenario Sistema Solera 23. Uh, so let's break that down a little bit more uh, piece, piece by piece. Uh, Ron, remember Ron is uh, simply rum in Spanish. Zacapa Centenario, that's the company name itself uh, and um, you know refers back to the company itself. Sistema Solera. Uh, Sistema Solera means that this rum is produced using the Solera method. So the Solera method is a specific style of aging spirits. Um, and in this example, it's a rum that we're aging, although it could also be different types of spirits that are aged. It's, the Solera process is not unique to rum. And in the Solera process, a series of barrels, which is also known as a Solera, are filled with, in this case, I'll just refer to it as rum. It could substitute whatever spirit you're aging in this case, but for our purposes, I'm going to call it the rum. So anyways, this is that, uh, that Solera or series of barrels is filled with rum over a series of equal aging intervals, typically a year. And then one barrel is filled for each interval. At the end of that interval or at the end of that year, and after the last barrel is filled, the oldest barrel in the Solera is then tapped for some, but not all of its content, which is then bottled. Then that barrel is refilled from the next oldest container, and that one in succession from the second oldest down to the youngest container, which is then refilled with new rum. This process is repeated at the end of each aging interval. So every year in this, you know, they would do something similar to this. This, the, the transferred rum mixes with the older rum in the next, in the next barrel. No barrel in this process is ever drained, and so you, what you end up with is some of the earlier rum always remains in each barrel. Uh, this way there can be significant traces of rum that's actually much older than the average age of the entire rum, depending on the amount that gets transferred at the um, year or whatever interval that they're using. So in theory, traces of the very first rum that was placed in the Solera could be present even after 50 or more cycles of this process. The varying barrels that Zacapa 23 once held are, or that are used in uh, Zacapa 23 once held uh, their American whiskey barrels, and they've also held 
uh, sherry and wine. And let's go back to the name. Remember, there's a 23 in the name. In this case, the 23 refers to the maximum age of the rums that Zacapa is using in their Solera system. Uh, they blend rums that are aged between 6 and 23 years. Um, I don't get too hung up on the 23 as an age statement, and I recommend that you don't either. Uh, tasting the Zacapa 23. Uh, appearance in the glass. Uh, a very When you hold it up to the to direct lights, a very nice reddish brown. Um, in ambient light in a room, it just will resemble a dark brown. And then if you swirl in the glass, the legs that develop will take a while to actually develop, and they take a while to fall down the sides of the glass. Uh, aroma. The predominant smell that I pick up is the smell of barrel aging or, you know, the woodiness that you get from barrel aging. It's not very sweet smelling. Uh, there is some sugar there, but not as sweet um, as some other rums in a similar category. It's very easy on the nose and very little astringency. Tasting the rum, uh, I find it, you know, very pleasant. It's a little, uh, just a little bit of sharpness on the tongue and then a warmth that moves back down your throat. Um, and like the aroma, you can, you know, taste the woodiness of the barrel. I don't get a lot of residual sugar or sweetness overall when sipping the rum. And if you're comparing it to another Z rum like Zaya, um, I would say it's more woody than spicy or vanilla. And it's more dry than sweet if you compare those two. Finishing, a smooth finish. There's the, you know, aforementioned warmth on the back of the throat that fades very nicely. And overall, it just has a really nice finish. Um, this is one of my favorite sipping rums. Uh, this was my first quote-unquote fancy rum purchase back in 2009 when I first started diving into this particular spirit. Uh, I've always held it in pretty high regard, even as I've tried numerous other rums. Um, it's also one that I've been reluctant to use in cocktails because I wasn't sure how to best deploy it um, into a cocktail. Um, so, you know, I, more or less, I tend to just pour it into a rocks glass and go with that. In fact, it was on the table at Tiki Oasis uh, 2012, Tiki Oasis 0012, as part of CSI Cocktail 2, which we talked about in episode 18. And while we were quick to pour, you know, drams of this rum neat for those people that were at the table, I never actually thought about mixing with it. If you haven't tried it, I recommend getting a bottle, inviting some friends over, and just pour, sip, and enjoy. All right, so uh, we talked about bitters before. Um, in fact, I think we talked about them in episode 18, going back to that one again. Um, again, what are, what are bitters? Bitters are botanical matter such as barks and roots that are combined with alcohol and that are used as an additive in cocktails. That's the overly simplistic definition. Uh, they're also very strong in flavor and used in very small amounts. Um, typically what I've stocked and what I've experimented with has been Fee Brothers and there are different varieties of bitters and of course Angostura bitters. Um, I haven't used too many other ones, although you can find um, several smaller bitters manufacturers um, at most liquor stores. You know, there's a lot of different people getting into that category and trying to make different types of bitters. And so you can find definitely a lot of esoteric flavors that you can add to cocktails. Uh, the one that we're having today in the cocktail is Bitterman's um, Bitters. <laughs> Clever. Um, and it's their Mole Bitters. Uh, they have several, uh, there's a link to Bitterman's on the, in the show notes. They have several different flavors but this one is the mole um, in particular. So the type of flavor that you're going to get with mole, um, if you're familiar with the flavor profile of mole in um, um, Central American or Mexican cuisine, uh, is typically a smoked chocolatey flavor with some other spices. And so that's the kind of element that you're going to get when you smell this. Uh, the Bitterman's, there's a picture of this in the show notes as well. It comes in a, a bottle, uh, about a five ounce bottle with a dropper in it, which is, you know, fantastic for dispensing a little bit of bitters. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and smell this a little bit. And 
definitely you can smell the there's there's the chocolate element there. There's also cinnamon, um, probably a little bit of other spice in there as well. But it you know it's it's definitely a unique smell to it. Um, if you go to the Bitterman's website, you know in addition to the cocktail recipe that we're going to talk about in a moment here, they have another recipe as well that uses uh, coincidentally Ronza Coppa 23 uh, and their Moe bitters. And so, you know, I would you know do a little bit of exploration in terms of bitters. You'll find some interesting flavors, but you'll probably find uh, with some experimentation, or you know, some really interesting cocktails you can make with that. So. Today's cocktail recipe is the three rum old fashioned. Um, I grabbed this recipe from seriouseats.com and it caught my eye because of the rums that were listed within the recipe. The recipe originates from, uh, looks like Mike Treffen of the Franklin Mortgage and Investment Company, which is a bar in Philadelphia. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, this is very clearly a rum take on an old fashioned, on the old fashioned cocktail. Uh, with all the expected players, there's the spirit, there's sugars, there's bitters, and an orange garnish. Uh, there, you know, are many versions of the old fashioned, and this version, there's no muddling. Uh, so if you've made an old fashioned before and used muddling, this one doesn't do that. And the orange is just a garnish, while the blend of the rums takes the stage, and the two bitters that are used add a little bit of depth. Now, this is somebody else's recipe, so I'm not going to second guess what they called it. I personally would probably not refer to it as a rum old fashioned. Um, I feel like an old fashioned is pretty much, you know, it's a, a whiskey cocktail. And so I'm not a big fan of just, you know, substituting in a different spirit and calling it the same thing, um, i.e. a martini. Uh, so I might've given it a different name, but it's not my cocktail. And I do like the fact that you kind of know what you're getting when you go into it if you say rum old fashioned. And so in that way, I think the name kind of works. So the recipe itself, um, this is, uh, you know, you can, you can go two different ways on this and I'll talk about the variant in a moment, but the recipe as provided one ounce of Appleton estate reserve rum. Um, I'm using Appleton 12, which we talked about in episode seven, one half ounce of Ron Zacapa 23, one half ounce of Smith and cross rum from episode uh, 15, one teaspoon of Demerara sugar syrup from episode eight, two dashes of Angostura bitters and one dash of the Bitterman's mole bitters. And so to create this, fill a mixing glass about half or two-thirds full with ice, add the rum, the demerara syrup, and both bitters, and then stir that with a bar spoon until it's very cold, um, probably about 30 seconds. And then strain that mixture into a rocks glass that's filled with either fresh ice cubes or one large ice cube. Um, I have a link in the show notes to some ice molds that I picked up, uh, silicone-based ice molds to make large ice cubes and large ice balls. Um, I find that with the large ice cube, I don't really have any rocks glasses that they fit in when you use them at normal size. But if you split them into two triangle, two giant triangles, they look pretty good in the glass and they serve um, the, the purpose of having one slow melting piece of ice in your glass. Uh, and then garnish that cocktail once you've poured it out with an orange peel. Um, again, as a, so as a variant, there's another way to go about this cocktail. I would use one ounce of the Zacapa 23 and then dial back the Appleton 12 to a half ounce. And that is the version that I have here, the one ounce of Zacapa version. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and taste that. Mm. Wow. There's a really good blend of rums and all the other accents that you can really taste. There's a lot going on, but it's all playing together very, very well. The Smith and Cross is there, so you can taste that element to it, but it's not so much that it's overpowering. 
the Zacapa being the one ounce in this case gives it that woodiness that maybe brings it a little bit closer to the whiskey part of an old fashioned. You can taste those moe bitters balancing against the Angostura, which you can also taste, and then a little bit of the orange peel around the rim of the glass just as a garnish and a little bit of sugar to sweeten it up. Uh, this is a really, really good drink, um, and I would recommend uh, going out and making this and you know possibly you know swapping in your own your own different ratios but you you know you may look at it and say oh three rums i'm not sure that i'm going to be able to taste all of them together but um if if anything the only one that's a little fainter is the appleton but um it is overall a very well balanced cocktail so uh kudos to the folks over at the franklin mortgage investment company and thank you to serious seats for posting a link to it that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, show links will be up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's the number 5, minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. Uh, on iTunes, you can subscribe to the show, you can rate the show, and even leave a review. Uh, the show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum, at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. Either on Twitter or on the website, you can send in comments, corrections, feedback, or requests. And now, go get some rum. <laughs>